Uh, Father, as we uh, am a couple weeks closer um, to Christmas Day and uh, we are into the season, uh, Lord, it is my hope um, that we put our hope in you. Uh, Lord, there are lots of uh, things to be busy about. Uh, some of us will have some downtime during the season, um, but the season is about um, reflecting uh, on you and what you've done, uh, the gift of your son uh, brought to us. And so as we spend the next few, uh, few weeks talking uh, about just kind of assessing our year, uh, Lord, it is important, uh, Father, that that starts with you and who you are in our lives and uh, to be, be able to take stock of where we are in our relationship with you. And so, Father, I ask that you would uh, speak to us and uh, help us understand uh, what it is you want us to do in the new year. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so it is, uh, for those of you that work, right, is the, maybe the time of uh, assessment at work, right, getting in those uh, reports, figuring out, hey, how have I done this year? Uh, maybe get a raise, maybe not. Uh, for college students, I've gone through a period of uh, exams, and so kind of testing, how did you do? Um, how am I going to finish up um, this particular class? And so the end of the year is all about uh, that in kind of regular life, but I think it's really helpful for us to do that as well. I don't know about you, but towards the end of the year, my mind just goes there. How was this past year? And also, what is the next year going to look like? Hopefully, it, you are looking forward to the new year in hope. Uh, but I know for, for many that this year has been really difficult, and so you're looking to just kind of put it behind you and hope for something different. Is this year going to be the year that we're not, no longer going to have to deal with COVID <laughs> or, any, or anything uh, related to that? That's really hard. And so um, as I have been uh, reflecting probably once a year, and I usually do it around this time as I look at the pastoral epistles, uh, whereas uh, Paul is teaching uh, Timothy or Titus, people that he has walked with, people that he has discipled, uh, that he's writing to them early in their ministry, and he is uh, speaking specifically to them about um, how they should continue uh, to minister and to function. And so I look at that uh, probably once a year, and this year I'm looking at it towards the end of the year, uh, and always trying to grapple with how have I done this year? What are some things that I need to remember that, that Paul were, was teaching his young disciples what they should uh, be remembering, what they should make sure that they understand? Uh, and I came across uh, this particular verse always hits me. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to uh, kind of deal with this one particular verse. And it's 1 Timothy uh, 1.5. And it says this. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. As, um, as a minister, uh, we often think about um, what we're teaching, uh, but our teaching is not just in formats like this, right, as our lives, as we're spending time with people, right, what are we, uh, what is, what is, or the pieces of our instruction, do we feel like that that is uh, something that we're given to, that we understand what we need to do uh, from a shepherding standpoint. But as you think about in your lives, um, I want you to think about what is uh, the goal of your discipleship, right? What is the goal of your uh, being a student or an apprentice, right, of Jesus? And so um, what Paul uh, insinuates here, right, that God's goal, right, for us uh, is, to, uh, is for love to characterize our life. And so, so many times I don't think we internalize the idea of like, why am I, uh, why do I gather with the body? Why do I sit under teaching? Why do I, as I 
uh, engage uh, with the word? What's the point? Right, and so I think that this is really helpful as we kind of near to the year that if we didn't understand that there was a point <laughs> or what specifically that point was. And so as Paul is talking to his, uh, his young minister uh, in the faith, Timothy, but the goal of our instruction is love. And that's love from a pure heart, love from a good conscience, and love from a sincere faith. What is the goal of our instruction? So I've got a few, uh, I've got a few questions uh, here for you. And so I want you to uh, kind of think about them by yourselves, and I'll give you some instructions about what I would like you to do, okay? And so I took a little bit of time to write these out so they may, in fact, be legible. Uh, so you're welcome. But we've got uh, three questions here. Is there a goal to your discipleship, right, or studenthood, apprenticeship? If you were to give yourself a grade, what would it be? And what I mean by this is kind of effort level, right, to, uh, to be kind of conformed to Christ's likeness. Right, if, 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 uh, if God is trying to do that, if the Holy Spirit is trying to do that, right, are you trying to help? <laughs> are you engaging in, that, in them with that process? And so this is not, um, if you don't hit an 85, God's kicking you out. What, what this means is, what is your effort level right, towards that goal? And I'm not going to say what it should be. I think it really is a helpful question for you to ask, right, what has your effort level been? And so if you were to give yourself a grade, what would it be? And how would you judge yourself? On what criteria would you judge yourself? And finally, what do you need instruction in and what don't you know? And so take a minute. I want you to think about that just a little bit and then maybe turn uh, to a person and talk about one of those things that really, one of these three questions that stands out to you and maybe uh, dialogue a little bit about what, uh, what your answer might be. Okay, so take a few minutes. So read those, think to yourself for a minute. And then turn to a neighbor, uh, pick one out, and uh, discuss. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. All right, come to order, come to order. So as you're thinking, um, so as you were discussing uh, some of these thoughts, I think the... The idea that we need to kind of come to is, you know, how, how well am I applying, right, what I do? How well am I observing uh, what uh, I know? Okay, how well am I doing what God has, um, has commanded us? Uh, Robert Coleman has a really um, helpful thought here that I wanted to share with. It's not on the board, I'll, but I'll read it uh, slowly. He says that knowledge unapplied to living can become a stumbling stone to further truth. Knowledge unapplied to living can become a stumbling stone to further truth. Well, I think this is, is that as we continue to understand what God uh, wants us to do and we don't do it, all we're going to do is just continually store up things that we're not doing. And so, uh, and so that has to be where kind of our discipleship starts. Does that, do we have the expectation that as we are learning from whoever we're learning from, that the expectation from both themselves and from 
uh, from Jesus is that we are observing what he has asked us to observe. He, he goes, uh, Dr. Coleman goes on, no one better understood this than the master. He was training men to do a job. And when they knew enough to get started, he saw to, us that he saw to it that they did something about it. Knowledge unapplied to living can become a stumbling stone to further truth. No one better understood this than the master. He was training men to do a job, and when they knew enough to get started, he saw to it that they did something about it. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about as we kind of understand this principle is Matthew 28, 20. So we're familiar with the first part, but a lot of times we'll kind of mumble this last part or kind of say it real fast. <laughs> but this is kind of the crux of the, uh, why he says the first part. And so as he uh, encourages us to go, right, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right, then he then instructs that those same people, us, right, are teaching them, those disciples, to observe all that he has commanded. And so we love to, well, maybe not love, but we do sit and listen <laughs> to the commands, and we do sit and listen to instruction, but is there an intent to do? Do we have any plan to do? As we looked at before, that knowledge stored up, how many things in your life do you know a lot about, but rarely apply it? Is your faith one of the only places that you do that? Somebody, somebody give me some thoughts. Do you do that in other areas of your life, that you store up knowledge about bread making, right? About, uh, about uh, how to fix something, right, how to handle X or Y, yet in our faith, we have lots of unapplied knowledge. Why is that? Say, just for an example, Okay. we are a uh, chaplain at a hospital. Okay. And you, you, you learn all about it in school, all about the dynamics of socialization. You're able to recite them know the philosophies of interaction, of relationship, but it's not something you practice all, all too well. Okay. And when you go and you are visiting with uh, team members uh, in the hospital, your fellow chaplains, other medical staff, patients, you feel like you're being misinterpreted. You feel like you're not being heard. Maybe you feel like the patients or your team members aren't being heard. Maybe okay. that's because you're not applying that knowledge that you tried to, you learned so heartfully, but didn't practice as yeah. heartfully. Yeah, somebody else. I will call on you. I think when it comes to things of faith, it's much more intimidating in a lot of ways. Like, to step out and say, I love the Lord, I want to serve him, and fail feels so much bigger than just me saying, like, I'm going to try and make some bread and fail. And I think at times there can be that hesitation of, like, well, if I don't do it, I didn't fail, mm -hmm. which isn't true, but it's tempting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, many of us... Uh, Sure. It's kind of difficult to go out and hammer drum and make a lot of poor choices, but then the following Tuesday 
Yeah. So I think that, from, and, and I think that you know, that's sometimes stuff we need to change about ourselves, separating ourselves from the culture. Yeah. And that light in the dark room. Okay. But the other side of it as well, too, is also not allowing Satan to come into our hearts and not let us realize that our sins are forgiven as well, too. Yeah. Maybe one more. Ash. Mm. Of the times they've right really really good insights from everybody but particularly what uh, what Ashton said is this idea that we also have this idea that uh, I'm supposed to be amazing at it the first time I do it right and so given into do I need to be uh, perfect as I seek to observe and the answer is absolutely not we only need to look at the disciples as a good example of uh, what it looks like to uh, seek to observe, right, and not be able to, right? But the, the issue at hand is really this, this effort level uh, that is, uh, so all of those are great uh, excuses for why we don't, and they, they are all true. And so, but does that change the fact that I need to uh, get over some of those things, right? That we all, and that's part of us being transparent, that's all a part of us, uh, engaging with one another about how our spiritual life is actually doing so that alongside the failures that we have triumphs because as those that have continually observed I promise you they're going to get better at it right and so as we think about our own um, as we think about our own uh, discipleship that that really has to come kind of into focus Right, as he reminds us here in the Great Commission, right, we're not teaching them all that I've commanded them, but to teach them to observe. It's a different thing. It's not just making sure that my son knows all the right answers, but that he is doing right, what he's supposed to be doing. And so uh, how is uh, you know, that patience worked out in us right, for seeking to uh, continually get better at the things that God calls us to do? Right, but also uh, as we deal with others who are inevitably are failing and struggling uh, to do the things that God's called them to do. So back to the uh, back to the goal that we talked about, right? So in, uh, so we can flip back over to First uh, Timothy, uh, scripture on the board. Right, right, the goal of our instruction, right, is love. What, are, what is, uh, and I should kind of think, think to yourself, right, where do we stop at that? We know love, right? Love, love, love. We say it, we try to, we talk about it, right? But as it's re- related to observing and doing, right, love. The flourishing of love in our lives, that is we're taking stock of what, uh, what we're missing there, where we fall short. And so uh, Paul gives us uh, kind of some more insight into what that looks like, right? So the goal of our instruction is love, but love from what? And so he, he kind of gives these three parts, love from a pure heart, right, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That these are the kind of constituent areas, right, that we need to understand uh, how to love. And so, um, and so for, the, uh, and for a minute, we want to um, just look at uh, this first one. 
So God George Knight says uh, about the pure heart, thus the pure heart is the one cleansed by the forgiveness and cleansing that comes to those who continually confess their sins. So Sabrina uh, talked about this notion, right, that we don't want to fail. It's too big a deal, right? We're already uh, kind of wilting flowers as it is. If we put this one more thing, right, to... Uh, to fail at, right, it, it may be too much for us, right? Nobody, right, wants to go uh, into some place that's going to be, uh, anybody like willingly go into awkward situations as often as they possibly can? Okay, got a couple. But most of us are adverse to pain, right, to fear. These are the things that stop us from doing that, but what, right, what is pushing us forward? Because again, if we always continually are easily reminded of why we don't, do we need to be reminded of why we do? So a couple, um, a couple of exercises to help us kind of think through this a little bit. Uh, so uh, turn real quick to John 13, uh, 5 through 11. And so this first thing we're talking about uh, here for the next few minutes this is idea of uh, love from a pure heart, right? That our uh, learning, right, to action, love, not feel, but action, our learning to love others in the way that uh, Jesus is trying to teach us, to command us to do, there's a couple of things that we need to understand about the, the pure heart and about how that um, about how that relates or how we need to kind of think through this as it relates to being able uh, to love. Um, and in uh, this chapter here uh, in John, so this is the, um, the part um, of kind of a, the longest teaching that we have of Jesus is right at the, um, right at the beginning um, of some teaching here for a couple of chapters. And here this is right after um, the supper uh, where he um, helps them understand that they need to continually be a part of him and that we're supposed to continually do uh, that ordinance um, in perpetuity until Christ comes back. And then we see here in, um, uh, and we see here starting in verse 5, this, this idea of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And it says, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And so he came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, uh, do you not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet, Jesus answered. If, you do not wa if I do not wash you, you have no part of me. And as we would uh, all say, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. And the thing that he's trying to help them understand is that as we come to him, as we kind of come to him with, um, and are born again and are giving a new heart, right? That is when we are cleaned at some level or at the, at the, at the full level. And then later, right? But we are continually getting uh, dirty in regular life, right? What is it? Right, how do we continue to kind of abide in Christ, right, purify our hearts on an ongoing basis? And he insinuates here, 
right, that after that initial washing, right, of being born again, that, I, that you need to be able to come to Christ as we continually fail, right, as we continually struggle, as we continue to sin, to let him continually wash us. That he is, in a crude sense, our bather. That we can't get ourselves clean enough, and yet he is the one that washes us and wants to continue to wash us. And as we think about this idea of a pure heart, this is, um, this is really important. How many of you uh, wash uh, your dishes every day? <laughs> not, very, not very many. Yes, uh, uh, so, so uh, for those of you that wash your dishes every day, why do you do that? Fun. Okay, aside from the funness of it. <laughs> do what? I don't want roaches in the kitchen. Somebody else. Why do you wash your dishes every day? Yes. There we go. Yeah. Keep keep what Kara said in your mind. Yes, that's great. What somebody something else? Somebody else. Go ahead. Because they're dirty. Interesting. You'll be ready for the next time you, you need them. Anybody else have some insight here? Don't want them to build up. All right, so those of, so everyone else, why don't you wash your dishes? <laughs> All at once. <laughs> you have a dishwasher. No, that, if you put them in the dishwasher, like, that, that's fine. That's doing the dishes every day. <laughs> I wouldn't say hand wash your dishes. If you hand wash or you let a machine wash your dishes, that covers it. Okay. Would there be more hand, hands raised for that, that contingency? Okay. Again, for those that still, under those circumstances, still don't wash their dishes every day, why don't you? Hate it? More, we have more plates? You just want to use them all, okay? <laughs> so those poor plates. I just don't ever get used. Say again. What else? Too tired? What else? Huh? They don't run away. They're just there. They'll be, they'll be able to be washed at a later date. <laughs> What's the rush? Rushes. <laughs> so I want to I go back to something. I want to go back to something that Kira said as it relates uh, to having uh, a pure heart. So uh, one of, the, one of the, the issues here about having a clean heart is wanting um, it to be clean. Right in that, on a daily basis, would you say, kind of that metaphor that your heart is getting dirty every day? Yes. Yes. Shake your head, yes. Right, and so at the end of the day, as I am not stressed out, right, bringing that dirt into a new day, that I'm starting clean, right, so often, wouldn't that describe a lot of the struggle that we have in our lives? Kind of the internal issue with us being uh, open, right, and honest, uh, having the relationship that we want with, with Jesus on a daily basis is that we're not taking that time, right, to kind of do the dishes every day. Because if we don't ever do the dishes, right, if we don't ever do yard work, if we don't ever clean the house, if we don't ever maintain, what happens? 
right? It gets in disrepair. If we don't ever acknowledge relationships, if we don't ever nurture them, if we don't ever further them, if we don't ever heal them, what happens to our relationships? They go away. And so as we think about this idea, right, the goal of our instruction is a pure heart, that one of those pieces, right, of having a pure heart is wanting uh, it to be clean. Right, knowing that as I am out in the world, as I am intaking, right, and I am chasing things that I don't need to be taking, that each time uh, I am clouding, right, the issue. All right, if you have something to write with, I want you to draw a little heart, okay? And I want you to draw some boxes in said heart. And if you had a multicolored pen, I know some of you have like a baggie of like green and red and blue, and, and you're like, oh yeah, this is my time to shine. But if you were to, if you were to have that heart be representative, right, of the things that uh, it is enamored with, right, or concerned about, or wants, Right, what are your heart's affections? Uh, are you gonna write more than one thing in that heart? Are you gonna draw, how many boxes would you draw and what would be the things right, that you would write in there? So this is the second visual that I want you to think about as it relates to a pure heart. Write your little heart, right? How many boxes, how many things would you fill in there? How many different affections right, are vying for you on a daily basis? Alright, so as you have that visual, even if it's two or three, maybe it's 15 or 20, if you have that visual, what would a pure heart look like? If that is what most of our hearts look like, let's say at the start of the day, mixing the two things, right? At the start of the day that it is a blank slate, and at the end of the day, how many sections of that heart, right, have you sectioned off? And does that need to be dealt with daily? Some days are going to be better than others. Maybe two or three things buy for our attention. On our worst of days, it's 15 or 20. But if we carry that into the next day, do you think that that goes away or we just add to it if we don't deal with it then? This, it'll add. Three to four turns into seven to eight. That's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What do you think it looks like Thursday or Friday as the dishes pile up? But the goal of our instruction, the goal of our discipleship, is a pure heart. Is that something that we're aware of as that's how that works? The last visual I want to give you is if your vision, right, in the morning was clear, right, and as you went throughout your day, the many distractions from the life that God live, uh, has for you, the, the love that he wants you to show uh, work to fog up your glasses, <laughs> how dirty, right, how, how clear would your vision be by the end of the day? As we think through, uh, as we think through those visuals, right, to help us to understand what um, what Paul is trying to teach Timothy here, 
that as a minister, the goal of your instruction is it to help right, folks understand that they need a pure heart. To be able to, follow, to be a follower of Jesus, to continue to follow him, right, that, that I've got to, to want just one thing. I've got to will one thing. We'll still eat dinner. We'll still have jobs. We'll still have relationships. We'll still have Christmas. We'll still buy presents. We'll still go on trips. But does, does God bring all those things into proper perspective and focus? Or are those things clouding our judgment of what God actually wants from us? It's really easy to live a life full of those things, right? And have God as we need him versus, right, what Paul is teaching Timothy here. That love is the order, right? Love is the goal. Are we working towards getting better at loving folks? And the issue therein is I'm not going to love you if I've got other things I'd rather be doing. Heaven forbid if, God, if Jesus got distracted from loving us, from teaching us, from modeling for us. He hasn't asked us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. And so let's, uh, let's finish there, right, by just turning uh, to uh, our neighbor again and, um, and just giving them, right, just some thoughts from uh, maybe something that uh, the Lord kind of is trying to speak into you right now. So this would be just kind of uh, to sum up maybe something that the Lord is pricking your heart about just to share with them, I'll, and I'll, I'll close this here. Okay? Does that make sense? So just share with somebody about what, uh, just some thoughts that you have from, from, those, um, from those visuals. All right. So Matthew, Matthew 5, 8. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Great visual, right? That there's, no, there's nothing that's keeping them right, from seeing God's activity, God's life, right, God's purposes. Those are pure in heart. 2 Timothy 2, 21-22. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things... He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Let's pray. I am uh, amazing at getting distracted. Father, I think I'm the best person in here at that. Father, as you challenge us, uh, that the love that you seek us to have, right, is derived from a pure heart and that we need to know how to handle our hearts. Father, what makes them dirty? Lord, to understand that they are deceitful above all things. Lord, but there is much good that can come from a pure, undefiled heart. Lord, I pray for each of us um, that we would understand uh, that you have a goal for us. It is to love like you loved in every area of our life. Father, your instruction to us as we sit under your uh, lordship and your authority 
Father, is that we should love from a pure heart. And so we've got some work to do every day, not just at the end of the week or at the end of the month or every three years or every retreat or every Sunday. Father, that's not going to cut it. For to love out of a pure heart, Father, that it needs to, we need to learn how to, how to keep it pure on a day-to-day basis so that we can do that which you called us to do. Lord, open our eyes to the things in our lives that are defiling us, defiling your purposes, distracting us from what it is that we need to learn in the state that we are in. Father, we are not perfect at obeying. We're not perfect at uh, knowing what to do. But Lord, would you remove excuses in our lives and give us people that would encourage us to begin to learn how to be obedient. Thank you for the season of reflection, of hope, and of joy. Uh, may we go into uh, just a ga- another gathering, Father, to, um, to be resettled in what it is you have for us. We love you, Father, and we thank you for your instruction. In Christ's name, amen.